So we're starting here at Christmas, and we're starting with a new series here, and uh, 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 more than. And, and today we're going to be talking about uh, Jesus being more th than, uh, than expected. And I'm pretty sure all of us have had experience where we had hopes for something and our expectations didn't get met. You, you know, maybe for a new toy. Uh, a golf club that just didn't quite do what we were going to expect it to do, a, a car that we thought would bring us more joy. Maybe it was a career. We thought we were going to have a professional experience that just never quite uh, panned out. Or, or maybe it was a relationship that we really dreamed was going to be fulfilling and satisfying and it, it never just quite got there. But there are experiences where we got more than we expected. I, I, I'm going to talk about, about one. This picture is from June 9th, 1982. And that's my oldest daughter, Kirsten. Now, we had about seven months to prepare, and I had some pretty high expectations. Let me just tell you, they weren't high enough. I'll never forget the first time I saw her. Now, I'm old. We didn't know whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. But the first time I saw this face, there was this flood of emotions and this connection with this person I had never met that was mind-blowing. Oh, it was crazy. And the joy that, that we had growing up, this is at about 1984 in San Francisco. Now... My daughter, my, my wife is showing this picture to my seven-year-old uh, 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 granddaughter, Riley, yesterday, and she's going, that's your Auntie Kirsten. And Riley pointed at me and asked, who's that? <laughs> my wife explained, that's Grandpa, and then she asked, is he wearing a wig? <laughs> oh, life goes on. There's my daughter Kirsten there standing next to me. I knew it was going to be fun to have a kid. But the joy, and, and please hear me say, I get joy from all my kids, one of whom attends here. But the surprise was with the first one. And now I got a son-in-law there and grandkids, and this is just way too good. Now, for the first 20-odd years that I celebrated Christmas, my expectations were always met because they were pretty small. We're going to get together with a family, and we're going to have fun, and I had fun, and I'm going to get some cool stuff. And I was at a pretty young age when I figured out who were the relatives that get you the cool stuff, the toys, and who were the ones that got you books and, and underwear, right? I, I, I figured it out. But I look back, my expectations were just too small. Because in Jesus, this guy is so good. But I didn't get it until I was in my early 20s. I'm going to tell you, most of my Christmases were cool, but there was something so much better. In Jesus. So my, our hope for you this Christmas is that we all experience a little bit more of what Jesus brings 
to this holiday. His arrival, God's love sent to us. We don't want anybody to miss out on the fullness of joy that God intends. So we're going to do a little different. I am this morning as I, I talk to you. I'm going to throw at you a bunch of biblical texts. But we're talking about more than expected. What I'm going to do is try and move through pretty quickly why the Jews missed it. If there was anybody who shot and got the fullness of Jesus' birth, it should have been the Jews. That's what the Old Testament, the big idea of the Old Testament is. There's a Messiah coming, and he's going to change your life. And they were not reading the Old Testament all that well and all that accurately. And they were kind of picking and chooses, choosing what they liked. But they missed it. They missed the joy that God intends. And we'll see if we can learn anything from it. So the Jews expected this triumphant human liberator who's going to free them from Roman rule and establish them as a nation, as the dominant people on the face of the earth and provide material prosperity. Now, they got a lot right. They expected that this Messiah was going to be a prophet. Moses, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. They expected a prophet who was going to come in and say, hey, we are going to rule now. It's going to be good. We will become the people that are dominant. And he'd be a king. He was going to take an earthly rule. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. Who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. They got this idea. There's going to be a kingdom. They just missed what it was going to look like. They were expecting this king who's going to come in on a white horse and dominate. And he was going to be a prophet. And a judge, behold my servant whom I am uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. You're going to make us. What's justice in our mind? Us rule in the world, and everybody else not being in charge of us. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlines wait for his law. They got a lot right, but why we talk a lot here about interpreting the Bible accurately. The experts in the Old Testament put together a picture of this Messiah that was just incomplete. 
if you'll allow me, it was wrong. And they had an incorrect picture which led to this because there were texts that they didn't pay much attention to. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name God with us. Now, I'm going to read a long text here. We're going to say it's Christmas. Let's be talking about his birth. This is about what, who this guy is that's going to be born. And this is, again, a text. If you talk to Jews about Isaiah 53, they'll usually say, well, that really applies to the nation of Israel. Now, if you read Isaiah 53, let me assure you, if you know anything about uh, Jewish history, it does not apply to the nation of Israel. And I'm not suggesting, particularly with what's going on over there right now, that it should to the nation but refers to this baby. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. This baby was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of many people? of my people and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him he has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt he shall see his offspring he shall prolong his days the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. They missed it because they just had a wrong idea. They didn't interpret the Old Testament comprehensively, collectively. And they got a picture of Jesus that wasn't accurate. So why did they miss it? Too small. I go back to my early experience, my first 20 years of my life. 
I had too small of expectations of Christmas. For, I was missing it. This is a, a, a time of year that is worth every bit of celebration. Now, it feels like to me in our culture, it's kind of this mix of pagan, commercial, and Christian holidays all thrown into a big pot. But the beauty, the fullness, the experience that God wants to have, because oh, Jesus is so much more than anybody expected. So, what's the key to our getting the most out of Christmas? Recognizing that Jesus is the almighty God who came to earth, became a baby, to be the savior who triumphs over sin, over Satan, and over death. That's why we celebrate at Christmas. This baby is unlike any other baby that has ever been born. came to set us free. Mind, heart, spiritually. To find a joy that can be found nowhere else. He's a prophet. And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And he unscrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I think of him being baptized. And there's a voice from heaven. Hey, pay attention to this guy. He's my son. And there's a dove to sense, the spirit like a dove. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim. I'm a prophet. To proclaim good news to the poor, to the needy. Financially destitute? Certainly. Spiritually destitute? Absolutely. Those who are trying to figure out the purpose and meaning to life, trying to figure out a way to find joy. For those who have pursued all the human ways to do it and maybe even found great success, career, marriage, whatever it is, money, still something missing. Good news to the poor. That's everybody. He has sent me to proclaim, again a prophet, liberty to the captives. Those who are captives to sin and death. Those who are held in bondage 
The circumstances of life, just sometimes living in this broken world, are overwhelming and feel like they're crushing. Things just, I can't get them to go the way I want them to go. Captive. Recovering of sight to the blind. Those who are spiritually blind. Now he's going to do a lot of physical miracles and healing to testify to the power of what's primarily being talked about here. But those who can't figure out how life really works and find happiness in life. They figured out how to get the short-term kicks, the quick buzz that helps for a little while. But that joy that sustains, they just can't see it. And more than proclaim. Liberty of the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. This guy's actually going to come and he's going to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Those who are overwhelmed. Those who just can't sometimes seem to even get out of their own way. Who just live with a discouragement and a frustration and a disappointment constantly. To set at liberty those folks, to set the captives free, the oppressed. Oh man, are you talking about a holiday worth celebrating? It's when this gets fulfilled. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, this new age. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, today, this scripture about this guy has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm that guy Isaiah wrote about. Chapter 58 and 61 that Jesus was reading from. I'm that guy. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. They loved this. There was something about this guy. But then notice how it turns. Jesus, understanding what's in their head, says, Doubtless you will quote me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. What it means to these guys is, here's what you're saying to me now. You better show us something good. We really like your words, but now you better stink and prove it. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, center of a lot of his ministry, did some spectacular things. Do here in your own hometown as well. 
And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own hometown. Jesus himself declaring this. And most of them missed it. He is the prophet. He is the king. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And I love this, that Jesus at his birth and as at his death is referenced as the king of the Jews. Now Jesus stood before the governor and asked him, are you king of the Jews? Did I miss one? There we go. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you king of the Jews? And Jesus said, You've said so. Implying? You are correct. Puts a little sign together. The Jewish leaders want, uh, want him to take it down. He says, ah, forget that. I'm sticking it up. Think primarily as a way to mock him. And over his head, they put this charge against him, which read, Jesus, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. I don't think really understanding how true it is. King, not of a kingdom, an earthly kingdom, a political kingdom. You online, nice to see you this morning. Well, I guess you can see me, I can't see you, but welcome. This kingdom that's going to be different than they were looking for and expected, but came with him. Because the king arrived, the kingdom was here. Freedom, spiritually, our sins destroyed and wiped away, us put into relationship with the almighty God, with the king of kings. The freedom, the joy, the peace. He's going to be a judge. Not when he first came into the world, but eventually. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to also have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. This prophet, this king, is also a judge. He didn't come into the world to judge. But eventually, when he comes back, he will. It's going to be great for those of us who have figured out who this baby is. can be horrible for those who haven't yet. And he is the Savior. Ah, he is the Savior. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field watching over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christmas. It's a time filled with all kinds of expectations. All kinds of expectations. My hope is that this Christmas experience for every one of us exceeds the expectations that we're bringing to it. My hope is that our expectations grow as we think about and ponder this Christ. Because there's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. This is it. And for those of us that have been going to church for years, here's my conviction. There can be a more full experience of this birth than we've had ever before. We're building on a foundation, but the joy that comes with pondering and considering. So what are you expecting this Christmas? I hope we have rising expectations. I'm hoping for a, a wonderful celebration for all of you with family and friends. There's a spirit out there this time of year across the nation. I'm reading articles. I'm reading newspapers. I'm watching stuff on the news. And everybody's talking about the time of love and the spirit of family. And I, I think those are wonderful elements. But most of them, they're missing the foundation. I think family and love, I think it's all great stuff. But the foundation of that. So my hope, wherever you're at spiritually right now, wherever you're at with Jesus, however familiar you are, my hope is that every one of us individually has an increasing experience and appreciation for the, the significance of his birth. However much you appreciate it now, I'm hoping that there's even a greater joy. We're in this journey with him, those of us who love him, but we're in a broken world. What are we still being held captive to? Stuff going on in our life. What's the stuff it's not bringing us joy that we just have trouble getting released from. Holding grudges, struggling with materialism, maybe looking at stuff on our computers that we shouldn't be.
We're in this journey with him. Where you may be still feeling oppressed in your life. Stuff just weighing you down. Circumstances that you just can't seem to work your way through. You guys have heard me talk about this joy thing, right? Because when I finally started reading the Bible and it's about, I can have a relationship with God and it's intended to make me happy, not just in heaven, but now I went, that's not what I understood growing up. Can't tell you how many conversations I've had over the, the last 38 years with folks as I talk about this joy thing who end up feeling guilty that they're not experiencing more joy. This whole earn your salvation thing, the Jews, that's how they read the Old Testament, they miss it, and that's what they were promoting by the keeping of the law. Evangelicals, we saved by grace and faith alone. Again, I've had this conversation with too many people who feel guilty. I talk about this joy, they go, I'm not having it. And they, rather than going to, there's a joy that God wants me to have, they go, I'm disappointing God. Oh! If you're there at all, I pray for you that you'll be freed from that. You'll be freed by Jesus because that's what he came into the world to do. I wake up every morning desiring to be happier than I was yesterday. I found the solution. It's this baby. It's this baby. Do I fight and battle for it every day? I fight and battle for that joy every day. But I found the deliverer. So wherever you're at in your life, whatever you're still wrestling with, whatever you're still carrying, I'm praying this Christmas the deliverer would deliver you from that. And some of us have been wrestling with it so long, Our expectations are that it's just not going to happen. Oh, no. It's Jesus for pity's sakes. You guys remember he raised Lazarus from the dead. He walked on the water. He did all that stuff to demonstrate his power to free us spiritually from oppression and captivity. Now, we're going to fight this until... We see him face to face. But we got Jesus on our side. I'm praying for you each individually. This will be the best Christmas ever. Beyond that, I pray that we each have a growing desire to encourage other believers in their celebration of Jesus' birth. Lord, keep giving it more to me. Then give me a desire to help those who love Jesus see it even more. Maybe there's somebody you're aware of that treasures Christ, love Christ, they're in a tough season in their life. Things are just difficult. A phone call, a text, taking them to lunch would just mean a ton. Now it starts by, Lord, give me more of this joy. And then to those of us that have been chosen, have been put together into this group through whom God manifests his wisdom, 
Father, give me even a greater joy in helping others. Then those of you who are around RCC quite a bit, you will not be surprised at this one. A growing joy in sharing the magnificence of Jesus' birth with those who have an incomplete understanding of Christmas. Those who don't yet get it. Neighbors, friends, work associates, maybe family. Promise me nothing obnoxious, nothing displeasing. Bring cookies. I would buy them to do that if you want to make them. Show a little love and expression to somebody that maybe you haven't thought about yet. Mention Jesus' name if it comes up. If not, just give them a little love of Jesus and trust that God will use it as your relationship with them goes forward. Oh, what a wonderful time of the year. What a great time of the year. People are just stinking happier out there. And it's going to last till about the 26th when people are starting to look at their credit card bills and clean up the mess in their houses. Not us at RCC, my RCC family. Not for us. Our expectations is that this relationship with the deliverer is going to continue to grow and continue to get better. Now, we're having a concert tonight. I almost never use these words, but I promise you, you will not be disappointed. But this is the event of the year where we have more guests on our campus than any other time. I'm going to encourage you. We're going to share a little love with our guests tonight. Come early. Be friendly. Shake hands. Introduce yourself. Let's treat these folks as guests. This is a concert. Again, if you've been here the last couple of years, oh my. Sharia put something together, the likes of which, again, you will not be embarrassed. And as I promised before, I will not be on the pulpit. I will not say a word. No sermon. We're going to be celebrating the birth of Christ. Most of us get it. We're going to have a bunch of people here tonight, I think the odds. We're going to have a bunch of people that may not get that. But God's going to bring them to interact with us. And who are we? People who love the baby. Because <sighs> he's setting us free. We are no longer captives. We go on. Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for sending your son into this world. This holiday takes on lots of expressions, lots of understandings, and lots of experiences and expectations for folks. I pray that you would take us, take us, Father, to the depth of your love. 
oh, that motivated you to send the Father. Take us to the depth of Jesus' love who humbly left the glory of heaven and came down here and became one of us. And then did what he did so that we might be set free. Father, encourage us through the power of your spirit, through the truth of Jesus, through our connection and being united with you through faith in Christ. Continue, Father, to free us. That's our prayer, Father. Continue to fill us with your love and with your grace and with your joy. No matter where we are, no matter who we're with, for your glory, for our joy, and for the benefit of those who desperately need to meet you.